Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. In today's episode, I get to sit down with the very lovely Alinka. Alinka and I connected as she was doing research on child-free women um, for her undergraduate dissertation at the University of Sterling. And we sit down and talk all about what she found in doing this research, how she set up the research, and the impact of doing it. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. All right. Hi, thank you, Alinka, for being here today. I am so excited to be to be speaking with you um, again. It's such a delight. You're such a delight. And yeah, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your um, research that we're going to be talking about today? Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and to be speaking about my undergraduate dissertation, which was an exploration into child-free living. Um, For this project, I interviewed 13 child-free women from Anna's Facebook group. This is where I recruited my participants from, and I carried out semi-structured interviews with all of these women, highlighting a range of different topics, including relationships and the workplace and misconceptions about the child-free community. So it was a very vast area and a lot of different topics tying into child-free living. And then I analyzed all of the data that I got from these interviews and I came with the most pertinent themes that I saw. But before doing all of this, I introduced the topic by writing an extensive literature review on child-free living and sociological concepts and themes that are important to this topic, such as feminist theories and conflict theories, but also surprisingly, um, fatherhood and I guess the social imbalance between women and men and mothers and fathers, and also women who choose not to have children and, and so on. So yes, it was quite a long process and a long, a long project, but definitely paid off in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you did having read your work, you did such, you know, pulling from all those, ideas and theories and doing all that research really set such great context and sort of like a big picture for then the research and the questions that you did with that pool of women that you interviewed. So I'd love to know uh, what inspired you to focus your research in the first place on women who are choosing not to have children. Funnily enough, I initially wanted to focus my research on mothers and motherhood yes so I feel like I did a whole shift in in how I ended up here but the purpose of the dissertation was to find the gap in existing literature and address that so do what hasn't been done already and while I was doing research on mothers I was at one point I thought about seeing the relationship between young mothers and their children versus older mothers and their children maybe between siblings and their mothers and so on, I realized a lot of it has been done. 
Mm. And I'm not really sure when it clicked, but I realized I haven't seen anything about women who choose not to be mothers and those that don't want to be mothers. And that's when it all tied in together. And I realized I was looking at the wrong thing the entire time. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was instantly much more excited about focusing on this group of women rather than women who do choose to to become mothers. And I realized this is it. This is what I should focus on, especially since I never considered it personally myself. I never gave it much thought, which is part of the problem. (laughs) I'm sure we'll (laughs) speak about it a little later. But yeah, that's how I came to it. So you never gave being child-free consideration. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Definitely. Or ever focusing on child-free oh. as my area of research. Yeah. Right. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Until I realized there needs to be more done on this. So why, why not? Well, this is a good starting, starting step. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being someone to um, do research on and sh- shine a light on this life choice, this path. And so in the intro of your dissertation, which I've had the honor of reading, you write, quote, child-free living is an emerging field with significant room for development as it is a contentious issue due to its disapproval and unacceptance, unquote. Did you find information that pointed to why this is such an unaccepted choice still today in 2022? I think probably... The biggest issue around this is that it instantly goes against the norms and the societal expectations from how long ago you want to think about. And it's still defying that. It defies traditional beliefs and what society thinks women are here to do. And it's seen as such a deviant thing to not want to have children and to not have those maternal instincts and you know, to want to do something else with your life. We as women are not here to have children. And unfortunately, I think for some people, it's very difficult to understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, But after doing extensive research on it, I am happy to say that there has been a positive shift in the right direction, which is always really good to see. Do you know what's contributing to the shift? For instance, one of the things I remember highlighting in my research was on policies and healthcare policies and policies where they focus on the promotion of, for instance, abortion and birth control options rather than categorizing all women of childbearing age as, quote, pre-pregnant. So giving this space for women to choose how they want to use your bodies and when and if was what I picked out to be a positive change. Yeah, right. No longer just seeing all women as this pre-pregnant stage of a woman's life, but that there is choice in removing that classification. You do such a beautiful job in setting up the context of your research by exploring motherhood through the various feminist lenses. Can you talk about motherhood as a socially constructed term and how this impacts the disapproval of those who choose to be child-free? So what I notice is that one of the 
key contributions made by feminist sociologists has been how deep discussions regarding family life are actually rooted in biology and nature and investigating especially how far motherhood is socially constructed. Unfortunately, I think that women's roles have been both historically and traditionally constructed around motherhood, which leads us to believe that women's roles are mo as mothers is something that is usually associated with traditional gender roles, which probably leads then to the disapproval of being child-free. Um, another thing that I picked out was that this wish to be a mother has normally been seen as natural and undisputed and also ties in with the construction of feminine identity. So when a woman says that they don't wish to be mothers, it's classed as deviant and unfeminine and probably why the reaction to saying or not wanting to have children is, is seen as such a, a terrible thing when it's really not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And from a personal lens, I do relate to, you know, what you're saying there about it traditionally is motherhood is almost the epitome of womanhood. And so when I realized I didn't want to have kids actually before I realized I didn't want to have kids when I was still wanting to want to have kids, I felt like there was something broken in me and um, I didn't feel feminine. I didn't feel like a woman, you know, because I had all these internalized uh, messages that womanhood equals motherhood. And it, clearly, if you don't have that desire, then you don't fit that definition. Um, so what you're saying, I can feel on a personal level from my experience too. Yeah, it's, it's tough that femininity and womanhood go hand in hand with being a mother and being pregnant and giving birth. And I think now with the help of media and with the help of child-free women being more vocal, that distorted view, I would say, has gone away. And people are finally talking about the terrible parts of being pregnant and being mothers and showing that it isn't great. And being child-free is just as feminine and just as womanly as choosing to have children. Yeah. And as you say that, I'm thinking about how liberating it is. The, the shift in that idea is for all women because it also allows mothers to speak about the hard points of motherhood without shame. Well, I mean, hopefully without shame, um, hopefully we can get to a place where it's even more accepted and more talked about because, um, you know, if everyone does hold up that idea, then I think even mothers feel like they can't share the parts that are hard. And that's, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to have a very open mom who has told us the beautiful sides of being a mother, but also the reality of it. And of course, maybe you don't want to hear as a child, you don't want to hear the bad parts of, but, you know, I appreciate that so much about knowing everything and not, you know, having the, the bad parts hidden away. It helps with someone navigating this choice. And I think it is a very good example to set forward for mothers, encouraging other women to 
to consider this and remember it as a choice, not a given. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I'm so glad that you had that with your mom. For sure. She, she reminds us quite often. <laughs> you know, maybe if you do want kids, if you do think about it again, because you know, there's no going back. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is another scary thought. <laughs> yeah. It's very sobering. <laughs> so with your research, was it 13 women that you spoke to and interviewed? 13 women who are between the ages of 34 to 39 and that were living in English-speaking Western countries. Okay. And you found them through um, a Facebook group. <laughs> How did you come to select that Facebook group? Um, I, I instinctually just searched on Facebook for... I think it was just child-free woman or maybe child-free woman group. And I think I opened up two or three different groups. And before I gained, got access to the group, I could only read the description. But what stood out to me for the group that I ended up choosing was that it clearly stated that it is a place to support one another. And it's not a place to bash on parents or bash on children. And it is a very positive based group, which instantly caught my attention. And once I did have access to all groups and I could see the posts that were being shared and the resources, the comments, I really appreciated how supportive this group was and how a lot of the women were very open and at times vulnerable, which really, I guess it was quite a an awakening moment to see all of these different facets of of being child-free and how much there is to it, because I I really didn't know much or never really thought about it. And seeing such a nice and positive community and so much support being given to one another was something in me was like, okay, this is the group. You can post your message now. It's, it's, It's a good choice. It's a great choice. And it turned out to be the most amazing group I've been a part of, I think. And I don't even know if I am child-free. I think I, after <laughs> this project, probably, but yeah, amazing. Oh, that's so cool. I think we've touched on this a little bit, but if there's anything you want to add, so then how did you choose to frame your study once you had selected your participants and, and how did you decide on the interview questions and topics that you did? I, I can't take full credit for the framing since we were given a rough guideline for it, but I, I thought semi-structured interviews would be the best approach for this kind of research as it allows me to really get into the conversation and throughout maybe if my supervisor heard this, he wouldn't be too happy, but I didn't take it as an academic thing and I really did try approach it as a conversational, but quite personal thing, which turned out to be great, I'd say. Um, and I, I thought it'd be interesting to touch on, on a variety of topics. So the interviews were based on relationships with others or with partners, also experiences in the workplace, um, maybe cultural background and how their own culture had affected their experience being child-free, also the stigma experienced. Unfortunately, 
it is a reality of being child-free. And lastly, I also spoke about community since after joining the group, I saw how, how key it is to child-free women. Mm, yeah. So what surprised you the most about your research what, and what you learned? I think this is a tough one since there were so many new things as I went into this quite blindly. One of the things that did surprise me were the misconceptions that were shared with me in the interviews. I guess once I did have a think about them, I would think, okay, that makes sense. But since I did go into it not thinking much, I would have hoped women don't have to deal with this. Mm. Misconceptions such as, you know, women who don't want to have children must hate kids and Mm. they don't nothing to do with it. And I think every single person I spoke to emphasized how much they enjoy being around children. And so many of the participants said how they would spend time with their nephews and nieces and friends, children, um, or how they would, some of them even worked with children and teenagers. So that was really amazing to see. And it was great to see that all of these misconceptions are not well they're misconceptions it's not the reality of things and this really needs to be put out there since it's it's not true (laughs) yeah yeah it would be super interesting to have like a breakdown because there really is from the conversations I've had with other child-free women there is such a spectrum there are those who don't want anything to do with kids But like you said, and there are so many who, myself included, really enjoy being around kids and having some connection to children, just not their own. Yeah, I would love to know kind of like that breakdown. Super interesting. For sure. I think the majority of the women that express a like for for other people's children, maybe one out of the 13 said that she doesn't really have much interaction with children. But I think that's normal. (laughs) Yeah, right. Were there areas that you uncovered that you feel could be researched further? I think one of the limitations to my research was it was quite a narrow age range (laughs) Um, since I only focused on women between the ages of 34 to 39. I chose this age as, in my mind, I thought, Usually, if you want to have children, it would probably be, this is when you would really decide. If you haven't had children by this age, it's time when you consider it and really make a decision. Um, I think it would be really interesting to interview older women as well and see, since they have more experience, more life experience, see how their, their choice has affected them or impacted their lives. And maybe how it was received when they finally came to to this decision. Um, All of the women also identified as female and as straight. So it would have been interesting to see different sexualities and how their experiences might have altered. Yeah, that would be really interesting. So what was your biggest takeaway from this research, from your experience doing the research? I I had to think about it. And I think there's so many different things that I've noticed I've been doing since I finished this research without even really thinking about it. 
Um, I do think, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, the biggest takeaway would be to keep an open mind and to be supportive and accepting and also educate others if you can. First educate yourself for sure and then educate others. I went into this knowing nothing and I couldn't have wished for a better experience. I learned so much from each woman and from each participant and I don't know how I would have gone this otherwise as in what resources I could have used or approached. So I think educating others and spreading the message and reminding older and younger people that it is a choice and it's okay. And it it's probably for the best. It's their decision. It's what's best for them. It's great for the environment. There are so many reasons why one would want to be child-free. I don't, I can't get into it because we'll be here for days, but <laughs> you know, it's, it probably only affects other people in a good way. So we should support them and we should, we should accept their decision. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's their life. We don't ask people why they have three, four five children. What difference does it make if they don't want to have any? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I well another thing that often came up was how frustrating it is to always have to explain yourself. And that was very painful to hear because when uh, people who have children never have to explain themselves for wanting to have a family, why do child-free women have to? There is no difference between, you know, we're just as equals. Yeah. And that reminds me actually of something I think you wrote in here correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a woman who said that she, even though she is child-free by choice, started just saying she was child-free due to infertility to avoid having to explain her decision. Yeah, that was, that was actually, I took some notes and it was one of the surprising things that I found in sociological terms is called identity substitution. There is a bigger social theory behind that, but she used this, I don't want to say, I mean, I guess it is an excuse for them, for the people hearing this, because it was much easier for her to say, we can't have children rather than we don't want to have children. So she was substituting this different identity, which would let her, which would allow her to not face as much stigma and judgment or, you know, mis misportrayal of the type of person she is just by changing her answer which yeah. is, it must, it's, it's difficult. It's not fair. And it's sad that people have to do this just to get on with their day. Yeah. Yeah. That really stuck out to me because I can totally empathize with her wanting to just like it not be a big deal, just like move the conversation on. And, and it could also like, it is striking how it is more acceptable to say, I don't have children because I cannot have them for physiological or bio, like for reasons outside of my control than it is to say, I don't have children because I don't want them. <laughs> and I have other ideas for my life. And, and yeah, yeah, that really struck me. Yeah, it was interesting to see what approaches women have to take to 
to handle the stigma and the judgment and the questions and people just not being open-minded and accepting of their choice. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that you wrote was the child-free choice still lacks recognition and awareness needed to normalize this choice. So how do we normalize this choice? I think, I think this was, I, I added this sentence in since one of my last questions in my interview was if you had a magic wand, what would you do to improve the child-free or child-free living? And a lot of the answers where, you know, we need to normalize this choice and move to a place where child-free living is normal. It's not, it's not looked down upon. Um, and quite a few of the women picked out media as a form of, of strengthening this. We're all so connected nowadays. And if there was more recognition and more portrayal of child-free couples, families, women, whatnot, I think it would make the up-and-coming generation see that it is normal, just like we see more LGBTQ couples and families and TV shows and in movies and whatnot. It should be the same with with child-free people. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but also educating people, especially, you know, people from a young age so they can grow up to to educate others. One of the women I spoke with was saying how one of her friends who is a mom is telling her daughter and is teaching her daughter that she does not need to have children, which stuck with me because my mom did the same thing with me and my sisters and my little sister's 13. So I don't think my mom's had that talk with her yet, but I know both my older sister and I really appreciate knowing that there's no pressure from our family side. There's no pressure from anyone, maybe our grandparents a little bit, but she reminds us that it is a choice that we really have to think about and consider if it's something that we want, which I know that I want to teach. If I work with children, I definitely want to integrate that. And I think that's how we can build to a more open-minded, you know, progressive future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what a great question. Um, the magic wand question as a coach, I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a good question <laughs> that's, uh, to envision the perfect world. Right. <laughs> Was there anything that shifted for you through doing this research and your writing your dissertation? Everything. <laughs> I think, I mean, this was definitely probably one of the most emotional things I've dealt with personally and academically. Going into this, I really didn't think it would have such a big impact on me. I, you know, I thought it's something I have to do for school. I'm going to get it done over with whatever, but it turned out to be the complete opposite. It, I mentioned it in my paper, but before I started this research, I always assumed I would want to have kids. I've always liked kids. You know, I love being around them. It's great. But once I started doing research, and especially after I spoke to all of the women, I realized that that's not the case. 
And I think when I was speaking with Ilana, it finally clicked. And I remember we had quite an emotional moment when, when I realized that maybe I'm navigating this choice myself now as well. And I'm extremely thankful that I am aware it's a choice and I'm able to share that with, you know, my friends, younger, my little sister, even older. I've been speaking to my older sister as well. And she spread my dissertation. And now she was like, you know, maybe I don't want kids either. And I was like, well, uh, yes, great, good. <laughs> so, yeah, I've had a lot of talks with my mom and my sisters, my friends, guys as well, to, to share this with them as well and be like, okay, if a girl wouldn't want to have children, what would your reaction to this be? And it's great to see that a lot of them are very supportive of this and do emphasize that it is our choice. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it makes me very hopeful, but it is also a scary thing to, to come to terms with when you've had a different mindset this whole time. Mm-hmm. But it's great. I couldn't be happier that... I've had such a big shift in, in my way of thinking. Wow. I never thought that it would have such a, such a strong impact on me. And it really did. And I mean, I'm so happy it did because I've learned so much about the child-free community and about all of the women I've spoken to, but also about myself. Mm. Yeah. I'm struck by how open you were first of all, to like even approaching this topic and especially coming from starting it, not thinking that this was anything you identified with. And then, but still being able to conduct the research and create a safe space to interview these women and, and hear their stories. Um, I just think that's really beautiful and really remarkable. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, thank you. And thank you for shining a light on this topic and continuing to have conversations. I think that is so important. And that is our path to normalizing this. Um, You talking to your friends and to your family and helping other people think more deeply is so powerful and inspiring so thank you yeah I'm, I'm I'm so happy to have been educated on this topic where I can also share this with other people now so thank you and thank you to to the entire child-free community it's everyone is so supportive and so kind and always willing to share resources and help and information it is also a lot of personal situations and just from being in the group I I finished my project in April yet I've remained in the Facebook group because well for for starters I you know I'm so deciding and it's it's great to be able to read all of the experiences the good and the bad that people navigate through and all of the resources shared and the questions that you might have you think about when you are child for you, which yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> mm, yeah. So glad you're still in the group. 
I, I, I don't, I keep telling my sister when we speak about, you know, her maybe not wanting children. I was like, I'll add you, you'll see how great it is. You'll learn so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I love it. I love seeing the new posts all the time. Mm. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to talk about either from your research or just from your experience? I think one of the big topics that was also often spoken about in the data that I acquired was the misconception of selfishness, mm. how child-free women are selfish, and this can be further from the truth, and it is a very frustrating label to deal with, and one of the interesting conversation I had with multiple people was the comparison between child-free women and parents and how selfish or not selfish they each are. And a lot of the women were saying it's very selfish to bring a child into the world, which I completely agree with when you think about, you know, the climate crisis and the future of of our world. And it's, it's such a depressing thought. And it's also one of the factors that my mom often brings up. Oh, and wow. thinking, yeah, she, she often mentions, you know, if you do have children, it's so worrying to think what they might have to live through or what their children would have to live through. My older sister often says that as well. And why should we put someone through that? Of course, I think we're all grateful to be here, but as sad as it sounds, it doesn't seem like things are looking up and it's not an easy world to navigate. The world doesn't need more people on it. So why? It's, it's not selfish to not want children. It's very selfless. It's selfish to have three, four, five kids when you think about it in, for example, in environmental terms. So, you know, this whole argument between child-free people being selfish and parents, or they argue that they're just as selfless as, as parents. It was, yeah, there were some very interesting discussions on this topic, which was stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I come from the, the way I look at it personally is I'm choosing a life that I want, right? Like if I had kids, I think I would be very stressed, very anxious. So for me, it's the right choice to live without children among a myriad of reasons like the climate climate crisis and, and other things, which I hope and want to believe that parents are choosing to have children because they want to. So from that view, or maybe that's oversimplifying this, these choices, but I think that they're, it's weird to call one selfish and not the other. (laughs) They're both selfish or they're just human. It's just living the life you want. But on a brighter note, autonomy and freedom and how much room to do what child-free women would like to do was also (laughs) spoken about a lot, which was great to see that, you know, I think I focused quite a lot on the more negative aspects, but there were so many positive aspects of, of being child-free that was shared, such as being able to pursue, you know, dream jobs and working towards their 
entrepreneurial projects and, and so on, things for traveling, luxuries such as dream homes, things like that, things that you would have to really consider if you had children or you might not have the freedom and flexibility to, to do. So it was nice to see them appreciate this so much and, and be so happy with their decision with this mm. being reasons. Yeah. What was what was the feedback from your professor on your paper? Um, it was I had my reservations because he first of all he's a he's a male who has children. I think he has one child. Okay. Of course, he's very professional and academic and his personal situation hopefully shouldn't influence my paper or his perception of my paper. However, he loved it. He really liked it. And funnily enough, it wasn't him in this certain situation, but it was another male professor who I was sharing my project with. And he kept calling it childless. And I was like, no, actually the difference is, you know, there is a big difference between child-free and childless. So, and he was super receptive of it and learning the difference in the terminology, which I loved seeing. It was, it was a really nice moment to be able to educate them on this topic. Yeah. And especially, you know, an older, a middle-aged white man to see how receptive he was of, of these terms and of this whole, whole concept, whole community. But um, the feedback from my supervisor was, was that I, I was able to work with a hard to reach group in his words, which I understand why he would say. And he also picked up on the fact that it is a gap in the literature and something that has not been addressed, um, which it is true, you know, we need more we need to speak about this topic more and we need more recognition and awareness of it. Mm. So I'm glad they were able to notice that as well. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I was to see how, how he would receive it, but <laughs> I'm glad it was well, the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just, you are such a delight and I am just so grateful to have had our paths connect and so grateful for the work that you've done here. And I'm curious what's next for you. Um, I, I will be taking a little bit of a break from academic things and studying, and then I will be starting my teaching qualification in September. Exciting. Congrats. (laughs) funnily enough very related to children but as we were saying earlier maybe working with children it's it's just a misconception just because maybe I don't want children doesn't mean I don't want to work with children or or be around them (laughs) yes right well I wish you all the best and just thank you so much for this conversation today for your research and for yeah for connecting thank you very much as well. Thank you for creating this wonderful community and for all of the work that you do for the child-free community. It's, it's very much appreciated. (laughs) Thank you. It is an absolute pleasure.
If you'd like to read Alinka's dissertation, head to the link in the show note where you'll also find her Instagram handle. Feel free to send her a message either about this episode or her paper. She'd love your feedback. Hey, don't go yet. I have something really exciting to share with you. I created a community for child-free people. That's right, a place for us all to hang out, get to know each other, and become friends. So if you could use some more child-free friends in your life, please come hang out with us. It's like we have our own private social media network. Inside the club, we have weekly virtual meetups via Zoom. We have a community feed with ongoing posts and discussions so we can continue our friendship outside of our virtual meetups. And down the road, we're going to have in-person meetups and take these relationships offline and in-person. So if you want in, head to wnk-club.com. That's W-N-K, as in we're not kidding, dash C-L-U-B dot com. I can't wait to see you in the club.